Yesterday, the lady friend informed me that she accidentally listened to two minutes of our program. Really? Yeah. So I, I, I had set an OmniFocus reminder to for me to come back to the idea of the, the question I've been dodging for two weeks, which is my uh, baseball walk-up song. Oh. And uh, I was going to ask her about it, and then she knew what I was going to ask before I asked it, because apparently, like, the standard Apple podcast app will, like, do autoplay. Or for some reason, like, she uh, started listening to our program. Oh, no. And, and rightfully so. She turned it off very quickly. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Although, did she, did she listen long enough? to i don't think she got to hear your choice which is probably for the best oh i oh i guess i'm thinking of the wrong episode i was going to ask if she heard my excellent editing skills for from last week where we cut in that that clip i'm i'm not sure i I didn't go that far i didn't yeah so yeah but um yeah people you know listening to your radio program yeah i i think i I, I know I've told you offline. I don't recall if we've talked about it on the show, but uh, during this, the I guess actually, mighty gosh, we've been doing this a while. I don't even think it was last Christmas. I think it was the Christmas before that. My uncle out of nowhere just goes, oh, yeah, no, I've been listening to your podcast. <laughs> like we're, we're just sitting in the living room, you know, Christmas Day. And I go, oh, wow, okay. And yeah, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a funny feeling. Did he use our Squarespace referral code? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, if he didn't, that's that's his loss. Yeah, he didn't get his free domain name with a year of service or or whatever their thing is. I think I think that's still the thing. Yeah, yeah. Little Ryan, wait is is that is that Squarespace or is that something else? That that, that is Squarespace. Yeah, okay. yeah. That was that was Merlin's thing. So, anyways, so she uh, she stopped listening. So that's that's good. Yeah, that's that's smart. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I did eventually come up. Like she helped guide me, but uh, like ultimately it was my decision. But uh, I did finally pick one because i can't actually i'm not actually gonna use a song i think is appropriate because that's probably gonna be embarrassing so i chose uh howling for you by the black keys okay do you know who they are i do okay yes. yeah i don't know if i'm familiar with that particular song if you heard it you would know it almost immediately yeah yeah i was i i they got big for a little bit uh like i like most of their music even when they kind of were lesser known not like not to make myself sound cooler or something but uh i i always uh am unclear as to how popular they actually are into like the public consciousness hmm i think they they got pretty popular i think most people have heard maybe four of their songs yeah no they they're a very popular group yeah well, i'm glad we can finally close the book on that yeah the people have been people have been waiting yeah stupid yasiel puig has the best one but whatever does he? What's what's his? Shake it off by Taylor Swift. Oh, that's right. You mentioned that. Pretty good. That that is it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't like that all the uh, the Giants ones are like '80s rock anthems or whatever. Like that's that's a little lame. But eh. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then my follow up was going to be: uh, Should you ever suggest that your significant other listen to you talking about technology or sports for ninety minutes a week? And most signs point to no. Oh, I think all signs would point to no. Do you think Jason Snell's wife listens to anything he does? Definitely not. No. I think he's alluded to that before. I know Merlin has alluded to the fact that his uh, his special lady friend does not whatsoever. She's vaguely aware of what he does, but doesn't listen at all. I want to say that Jason has said something very similar. Yeah. Which, I mean, it really makes a lot of sense if you think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't, you don't even listen to this show. 
So how, why why would you put put that on someone else? I audit for quality. Well, because I'm involved in it. I know what we talked about. Well, did, did you listen to the last week's episode? I listened to like five minutes of it. You listened to the the editing part. Yeah. You did. Did you like that? It was good. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it was my it was my idea. <laughs> you did all the hard work, but. Well, I think I I don't know. I think I cut it together not maybe in exactly the way you were thinking of. No, I thought it was good. Okay. Again, I listened to like one out of every five of these for to audit for quality control. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Because <sighs> these these go straight into the the Smithsonian or the uh, Library of Congress, whichever one it would be responsible for holding on to uh, timeless audio recordings. I think that'd be the library, like the Lincoln Douglas debates, right next to us. Uh huh. Right. Wow, that's a good pull. That is, yeah. Well, we should we should come back to that. All right. Do you want to start the show? Yeah. Well, yeah. They have, have. Did you click record? Uh, what's that? Just just ask the the NSA for a copy. Oh yeah yeah. Well yeah they'll they'll just they'll go to the Library of Congress. They've got it. Mm, I think they would go to their private archives. Mm-hmm. It's funny because it's true. Yeah. Uh, Kindle Oasis. So what I've organized loosely is in, is in no particular order, but honestly, I think that's probably one of the most interesting things of the week. You think so? Mm-hmm. Why? Because I'm not sure, like, Kindles are one of those, it's, it's a weird thing in, like, when you look at it in the sense that uh, tablets have kind of plateaued, and it's questionable as to whether or not there's um, a persistent need for kind of this third category of thing. Yet I see a surprising number of Kindles on a daily basis, so I I, I think it's interesting. And and I the in Amazon has had a really successful like winner with the paperweight in terms of something that's affordable and uh, like just undeniably good. But um, going towards the high end market again and trying to do something like this, uh, I, I I just think there's a lot of questions that this raises. So yeah, I think I think it's it's quite interesting. I guess, although I don't know, my my take in some ways is the opposite. Where we I, either this most recent episode or the episode before that of Clockwise, I guess it had to be the most recent episode. They talked about how they feel like they see fewer Kindles out in the wild than what they used to. And when they said that, I started thinking about it, and I was like, "Yeah, that that's totally true. I I see some, but not not a ton." Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I still, I, I see a fair number of them. I mean, you always see like the the uh, disappointed person trying to read outdoors on like an iPad or something. I still think they definitely have their own place. And I think kind of what we're going to do in terms of how we consume content and like the whole like what where books will be read if people still read books. I think that's still up in the air. And, and Amazon has a big, um, a big uh, role in deciding how that happens in the next few years. It's true, and I I do agree with the one of the things that you said, which is it really just is objectively a great experience to read on. I I still you know so I went through this whole you know changeover a year or so ago where I previously had a full size iPad and then a Kindle, and I decided to sell both of those and then consolidate down to just the iPad Mini kind of for everything. And it's it's fine. I, I don't I don't read it ton, but you know, when I do, I still don't find the iPad to be a particularly great experience. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I have been I have been actually thinking about 
maybe going back to a Kindle. Well, I, I I think like many many things on this on this topic, you have like you'll remember that like I, I bought an iPad Mini four or Mini three. I forget which one, but I, and I was incredibly disappointed with it because it seems like uh, just the iPad that Apple doesn't care about in terms of like screen quality and so many other things. I think they might have fixed that. Well, with you, the yeah, iPad you Mini had 4. The, you had the iPad Mini three, but then the iPad Mini four actually until the iPad Pro came out the ipad mini 4 actually had the best screen of any ipad i disagree respectfully i think i think it got better and the ipad mini 3 did have an objectively terrible screen compared to the ipad um air pro uh the air one or the air two what well, one of those um well it was compared to the air two but then the ipad mini 4 I believe has exactly the same screen as the iPad Air 2 and it's running at exactly the same resolution it's just in a smaller form factor so you're actually getting the same screen technology but with better pixel density. But the the Air 2 has no pixel density problems and the Mini is too small. Well, I I don't I don't disagree with that second point. I really really wanted to like the Mini and it it's just it's the wrong size tablet. Yeah, it is. Like, it just objectively is. And I think you're coming around to that idea as well. Like, you're either, like, I assume eventually you'll, your mini will either get lost during travel, something unfortunate will happen to it, or it'll just get too old. And you'll eventually, your next purchase will be a a 10-inch iPad. (sighs) And then it sounds like potentially a Kindle as a standalone reader. Going going back to exactly where I was. The right place. Ugh. Well, why? You should be happy that you, your initial instincts were dead on, you experimented, some money was lost, but... <laughs> no, that's that's true. That's true. It's a very, very glass half full approach. And I, and I am not a glass half full kind of guy, so... No, you're typically not. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, what, what, so specifically about the Oasis, what, so what's your... Um, actually, look. Well, I'll come back to this, but so what's what's your feeling on it? It's their new flagship, top of the line Amazon Kindle reader. What's 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 your take? So I think I think everybody you know everybody's hot take right off the bat was just kind of how goofy looking this thing is in in photos. Do you remember what the first generation Kindle looked like? Right, which fine, but I think when you actually pause for a moment and, and consider how someone would be holding and using this device, it actually starts to make a ton of sense. So what we mean by this is, so there's, I guess, a couple of different things stand out. One is that the screen is not f- completely centered on the bezel. There's actually a larger, uh, larger bezel on one side of the device, and you actually can't even say on the left or right side necessarily because for the first time, uh, the screen rotates on this device, so you can you can have the larger bezel be in your right hand or or your left hand, and in addition to that side being wider, it's also thicker. So the device is really really thin with a small bezel on one side, and then thicker with a wider bezel on the other. And the idea is that it sort of simulates how a a real book is, right, where you'd have more pages in one hand. And it makes the the in this case the device a little bit easier to hold. So I actually think that part makes a lot of sense. Um, and then they also have brought back physical buttons for page turning, which also I think is is great. So I don't know. I think design wise, it it 
I agree. It's not the nicest looking device, but it does seem that it will be very, very functional. It does. And I, and I appreciate when things are designed in the way that one would expect them to be used, even if that means slightly sacrificing aesthetics. I, I, I think that's something that's smart overall. And overall, that's something that generally Apple has excelled at. And, and, and I think a lot, for like a period of time, like the Kindles got to a point like where they looked better like aesthetically but uh, maybe were less functional than they have been like i i I, unless something is entirely touchscreen based i don't like things that have touch buttons like that's one of the things i hate about my damn harmony remote there's there's a lot of things where they're just they try to uh, eschew all buttons in general if to the detriment of the user experience so no i think that's interesting and cool and then the other thing that this has got going for it is it comes with a case and this isn't just any case. This is actually a battery case. So the the device itself has the same long lasting battery that people have you know come to expect from the Kindle series, but now it's got this additional battery built into the included case. And I think they say that with with the battery case, this thing goes for they I think they say months uh, on a on a single charge. That's kind of neat. Well, but doesn't the paper white? I think the paper white they say goes weeks on a charge. Mm. Yeah, I mean I th- that's kind of neat. I I I'd want to feel one in my in my hand, but I mean that yeah, that's cool. So I guess you know the the catch to all of this is two hundred and ninety dollars. That's you know I I'm you know you know me I'm I'm one to pay for quality and I'm not just going to dismiss something right away because of the price, but. I don't know for an e for an e reader that seems like a potentially tough sell. I think so too. Uh, I and that's the tricky part. I'm not exactly sure what uh, market segment that this is targeting because I think like how much is the paperwhite? Ninety bucks, one fifty. The paperwhite is one twenty, with or without special offers. We'll talk about that. <laughs> so that all that's with special offers. So they they've got the base Kindle for eighty, the Kindle Paperwhite for one twenty, the Kindle Voyage for two hundred, and then now the Oasis for two ninety. So yeah, I mean I I think it's good that this is not going to be the new only like default product. I think that it's good that they have the Paperwhite at a very like I, I one twenty is almost impulse buy territory, and if you're somebody who reads more than a few books a year, I mean I think it might. And you live within the Amazon ecosystem. I think that's uh, a, a fair deal. And then the the uh, voyage. This uh, is the Oasis going to live alongside the Voyage, or will it replace it? It'll uh, live alongside the Voyage because again, the Voyage is two hundred, and then now the Oasis is two ninety. Well, but why would it stay? Well, the Voyage is a is a pretty different device. How so? Well, it's much more like the paper white, where it's a you know uniform bezel all across. It doesn't have the um, sensor to rotate the screen like the Oasis does. It's got these um, they call them page press sensor kind of hybrid buttons. Well, I mean, but do you have confirmation that it's going to stick around? Well, I mean, it, I'm looking at Amazon's website right now, and it's it's still here. Yeah. Well, but the Oasis is not shipping yet, right? It it no, but I mean it's shipping starting uh, in a week next week. I mean I don't I don't see what the point is of having two ultra high end Kindles. 
especially when the the feature set difference other than like just maybe aesthetics um isn't really that different well i think well i mean this might sound like kind of a silly thing but in the book reading experience it's it's kind of a fundamental thing and that's the page turning experience and these three devices have three very different ways of doing that so on the paper white there's no buttons at all so you're doing everything directly on the screen with the voyage again you've got these kind of uh, pressure sensitive buttons on the sides of the bezel and then now with the oasis you've got physical buttons and I mean, I, I can only speak to having used the Paperwhite and the Voyage. And I mean, those, again, very, very different experiences between those two. Hmm. And actually, I th- honestly, I think the best experience is, is the Voyage. I think those the pressure-sensitive buttons are really nice. It, and it's nice not to have to move one of your fingers off of the bezel onto the screen. Okay. I mean, ergonomically, I think the Oasis seems like the best, but... And let just to to wrap this up. Let's let's lastly talk about pricing. So I mean, it it is a little bit pricey. Uh, for reference, I have submitted uh, after browsing through my Amazon order history, I've sent you a link to when I bought the Amazon Kindle two. Uh, do you remember how expensive those things were? Oh my goodness! I now that I'm looking at this, I I do remember, but I had forgotten about that. So first first off, I'm going to point. Look at that total. That was back in the tax free days of Amazon. <laughs> Rest in peace. Um, but yeah, God, I, I mean, cause of course I got the, the 3G one and this was before Amazon pulled all that with the special offers bullshit, but uh, 360, that, that, those things were pricey back then. This was 2009, but come on. So 290 for a premium product. I, I don't think it's that alarming to 199, of course, is a, a, a better price point in terms of, but yeah, I don't think it's that much. I'm trying to think. I'm or not trying to think. I'm trying to look what the pricing is to not have the special offers. I think it's an extra twenty dollars. And here's, See, here's well, the thing. So that, that's what. So I, that's what I was gonna say too. So make but it two ninety nine. Well, but so here's the thing. I want to say that on the Oasis, it's like it's like sixty bucks or something. So I no was trying way. To, I was trying to compare. Hold on. Let me let me pull it up. So I was trying to compare the Oasis to the Paperwhite and the Voyage. And I can't find Amazon. I don't know why Amazon doesn't make this easy. You think, you think they'd want more money. I don't think Amazon has an issue with getting people to give them money. Well, and I guess maybe they don't have an issue with people using the special offers either. Although I I am looking where the, where the hell do you specify you don't want it with the I, shitty that's, ads? That's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I could have sworn that there was just like a, a like on the the page there was an option like there was a little radio button that said I don't want ads and you pay twenty dollars more. Yeah, well here let's go let's go to let's go to the Amazon so again. We we do a lot of things in the show that play really great over uh, audio form. People who listen to the show aren't in a hurry. Yeah, here we go. So the, oh, you know what I might have been looking at? Here's what I might have been looking at is the Oasis with 3G. That's 359. Yeah, that that's probably what I was looking at. Oh, select connectivity and options after adding to cart. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah, so without special offers, is $20. Okay, got it. And on an e-reader that costs $279, quit fucking with us. Stop giving us ads. 
Like that's that's the thing. Amazon, come on. Like I I let you I let you put a, a lady in a cylinder in in my apartment that's listening to everything so you can serve me better ads because I'm sure that's what you're doing. I. <laughs> I'll say that the special ads on the Kindle are, they're not obtrusive. They're generally actually pretty good. They, they, they're, no they're ads fine. are good. Like certain ads, certain, no, no, certain ads have artistic merit and, and they're part of the cultural consciousness and, and they're part of being a human in, in a capitalist society. But no, I, if, if I'm paying good money for something and just no, don't, don't give me your ads. I don't want to see them. Well, they, yeah, I, I guess there's there's something to be said about spending two hundred dollars and still seeing an ad. Two no two hundred seventy nine dollars. Well, I was looking at like the Voyage, which okay. is the one that I want. But um, yeah, like because the entire thing is an ad for Amazon. So like, what does Amazon care? Yeah, like by owning this, I'm I'm stuck in the Amazon ecosystem. The ad for them should be all that they care about. Amazon's not an ad network. What what do they care? Man, looking back at this order history is. We'll get back to this, but ugh. yeah, you and you. Well, well yeah, we'll, we'll get back to that. I do have to point out one thing. Hold on, let me let me find it. But um, a two hundred fifty six internal SSD that I bought in October of two thousand nine, six hundred and eighty four dollars. Is that is that the Corsair one that I have? Yes. Now? Yeah. Wait, you still have? I it's not actively being used, but oh, like I thought you like transplanted it into the Mac Mini or something. Well, that's I I tried to. <laughs> Technology prices is it's it is not good to be an early adopter of anything. It, no, it's it's it, really it, not. It's it proves really, that I'm just a dummy. But yeah, hey, well, no, I mean you don't and say me, yeah to that. You and me both. Oh my god! But actually, you know, I don't regret a single moment of it because SSDs are the best thing ever. That's that's true. Think of, think of all those uh, minutes that I was able to spend being productive rather than waiting for a spinning beach ball. That's true. During the prime of my youth, now that I'm a middle aged man. That's right. Yeah, you know, I'll say the 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 one thing that's more ridiculous than the price of this Kindle that you've sent me this picture of the Kindle two, is the is the keyboard. Why that? Why the hell do you need a full size keyboard on a device that to you... search for things? <laughs> uh, like, how are you going to search for a book? Like, actually, I I actually don't know how you do that. How on a Paperwhite or something without a keyboard? Because I it's, the last Kindle I've owned was the Kindle two, which I actually really legitimately liked. Um, how do you, like, if you want to buy a book on the spot, how the hell do you uh, search for it? It, it, there's an on-screen keyboard. Oh, they're touchscreens. Yeah. Gotcha. Isn't there one, uh, Kindle that's just, like, up, down, left, right? That was, yes, there was a Kindle like that. And then how did that work on that? Like, do you, was it really, like, just down, 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 yeah, down, A, there, B, C, it, D? There was an on, it was an on-screen keyboard. It just wasn't touch-based. That sounds like hell. I had that Kindle. That was like the, it was the Kindle three or something. I think it was the I think it was the last one that came out before the Paperwhite. Yeah, I definitely had that one. I've had a lot of different Kindles. I've had three or four different Kindles. I've only had two. I had the original, which I I think I sent back, and then I had the two, which I really liked, but just I didn't use it enough. Like I had enough. I had enough other things to occupy my time. Well, yeah, the, I I sent back the voyage, and it was because I kept having it kept freezing on me, and that that was what prompted the whole selling of the iPad and Kindle, you know, for a single device. Yeah, people can go back to episode twenty two for that. 
Something like that. <laughs> They'll never know. Now, the, the Dream definitely is an iPad Pro and then a, a Kindle Voyage. But then, God, it's got a thousand, it'd be a thousand dollars. What's it to you? A thousand dollars. That's nothing to you. Uh, that's 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 lying around the kitchen, uh, the cushions, the cushions of your couch, huh? My 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 Macy's couch, mm-hmm. plated oh. with gold. That's yeah, I guess. Man, also in also in two thousand nine. Again, we'll get to this, but that's when I bought my Mac Mini. It's still chugging along after seven years, being awesome. Wow, what do you have that connected to your TV, right? No, that's uh in the server closet. So that's connected to my uh, network attached storage uh, and uh, manages some other things. Hmm. Yeah, man. I wish I wouldn't have killed my Mac Mini. I could have. I could have used it in a similar way. Yeah, I, I keep wanting to upgrade it, but the thing is, like, the other one still works. Like, it's not the fastest. It's only got four gigs of RAM. Um, oh man. But I well, it's just running. Uh, it's running like a bare uh, Yosemite install, and it's just, it's running a couple of apps, and it's just serving up. It's like a print server and a few other things. Is, so, is it like, running? Is it running a backup client now no oh, it's in omnifocus get off my ass oh oh i i, I honestly like i've since we've talked about that i just kind of i periodically just think about that if my if there's like an earthquake and my hard drive crashes it's on you it, it, no it, no because you're fact, thinking about in, it and in no. fact it, the the one person who it's not on is me because i'm the one person trying to talk some reason into you i've got things to do <laughs> No, because you're calling attention to it. If anything happens to it, it's it's all your fault. If I lose like a decade of memories, it's your fault. Hey, if, if that if that's what makes you feel better, fine. It will. Okay. Um, God, God, how did we spend thirty minutes on a Kindle? No, we didn't. The, the Ten not, minutes of it was talking about. Yeah, it's true. People we know listening to this awful show. <laughs> I, I apologize. This is, this is a fantastic program. Uh huh. I, I think so. Speaking speaking of fantastic shows over over the internet. Oh, let me grab my Android phone while you're talking about this because it still hasn't been updated. Well, is that is that really a surprise? No, but that's the whole point of Android is that it, no one app is like part of the operating system that it should just be able to be updated on the fly. But isn't the whole other thing with Android is you just you never get updates? Stop. <laughs> well, tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. Okay. Uh, so what we're talking about is podcasts on the Google Play music platform or store or whatever whatever they call it. So there there hasn't up to this point been a native podcast experience on Android. There have been third-party apps, of course, but not a native uh, client, which actually on iOS was the same, same way up until what the podcast uh, app for iOS is what, a couple of years old and didn't start coming pre-installed until I think iOS 9, right? Or maybe iOS 8. With respect to Android, it's partially true. And uh, Amazon, or uh, what do you call them? Google, or Alphabet, whatever, has had a um, like a quasi-official client called Google Listen that was absolutely terrible. But no, they did not have anything that was pre-installed by default. Right. Uh, so, I mean, this is that seems like kind of a big deal. I mean, I know, obviously, us nerds don't put a whole lot of stock into well, stock apps, but <laughs> I really didn't mean to do that. Sorry. Yes, you did. I know I didn't. I believe I I come out when I uh, am going for a bad pun. I don't shy away from those. Good, good on me. 
but uh, anyway, I, I, I these are these are a big deal. I think maybe, probably not though, because it's in an app called Play Music. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think that's the biggest uh, a non-starter. I, I mean, because one, like, if for most people, I would assume that Play Music, uh, uh, like, suggests a subscription music component, which I think for many people would just turn them off from it entirely, and. Uh, Android, to my knowledge, doesn't have like the iOS tips app that has like something that kind of like like just pings you every couple of hours with like, oh, here's something new or here's something that this does. So I don't, uh, the discoverability of this is probably not great unless somebody's already, uh, already interested in purchasing music. So I'm not really sure, but I mean, it is kind of neat that Google's going into this. I don't know if the licensing terms or any of that is, um, in like podcasters favor or if it's like like one of those sketchy stitcher things so i mean is there any news on that um not not that i know of hmm. yeah I, I don't know i i, I think I, I think the 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 key takeaway from this is the easier that podcasts can be consumed the better and i know this isn't for you and me but it could be for a lot of people well, it could be for you and me. Are we one of the default choices? What? Like, are we one of the default recommendations, or like, are oh. we are we featured? Uh, I I don't know. I thought that was your department. Oh yeah, I'm I'm part of I, I'm in charge of BizDev. Gotcha. I, that's I what that's what I, I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah, you're you're principal proprietor, proprietor, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm everything else. I'm I'm too I'm too high level for you know getting down into the the weeds like that. Hmm. Hmm. Listen to the Black Eyed Peas. Mm-hmm. Right. Still no regrets about saying that out loud? Oh, no, not at all. Okay. Um, okay, can I just go back one second? Sorry, that's the tangent back to the Kindle. Uh-huh. They sell a leather case, a premium leather cover, for $85. For which one? Uh, for the For the Voyage. Do you have a link? Uh, I can I can send you one. I th- I think it's uh, fit your Kindle. Yeah, just just for the Kindle Voyage. It also acts as a stand and and things like that. So it's got a little bit more functionality. But man, that's uh, I don't know. That's 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 pricey. It's the number one bestseller though. <laughs> yes, that's true. Again, I I I'm nobody to judge on on pricing. Like, look at look at all these uh, danged uh, Apple Watch bands. Yeah, well, that's like yeah. the 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 Milanese Loop for one hundred and fifty dollars. Do you see that the um how do you how do you pronounce it Hermes? Is that is that close? Uh, it's pronounced it's pronounced Hermes, except I call it Hermes because it's because it, I find the whole idea of high fashion dumb. But technically, it's called Hermes. Oh, Hermes. Okay, thank you. So Hermes, Hermes, <laughs> they are they're selling those bands separately now. Previously, you had to buy them bundled with an Apple Watch. Of course, they're three hundred and sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. It's a leather band. I mean, they they look fine, but oh man! That's... But you need your double loop equestrian strap for. <sighs> yeah, I don't, know. don't get me started. Just mm-hmm. just move move on. Otherwise, this could be a long show. Yeah. Well, actually, okay. So maybe my digression back to Amazon wasn't quite that out there because we're we're returning back to Amazon with this next topic. 
Are we? Oh, yes, yes, the outline. So, so Amazon. <laughs> I forget how I how on it I am. I'm well, prepared. We just we just have to we just have to prove every once in a while that we do no preparation for the show. Again, I'm I'm working with half a half an iMac here. So, yeah, you you poor poor thing. Uh, so so uh, Prime Video. Well, actually, let's let's uh, answer this in a really basic way. How much? Uh, of your do you of the ninety nine dollars a year that Amazon charges you? I don't know. Is have they raised it or is it still ninety nine? I think it's it feels like it creeps up every year. It's yeah, probably, it is it like one ten like, now? It feels like it's one ten or one twenty now. All right. Well, uh, how much of that money do you uh, in value do you ascribe to Amazon Prime Video? Uh, about zero. Okay. Well, now you have the opportunity to, or like, let's say uh, Amazon Prime Video is, and, and to be honest, I, there allegedly there are good original shows that I have never uh, taken an interest in watching. I'm, I'm sure they're quite good. One of them won a Golden Globe. I'm, 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 sh- I'm sure some of it's good. Like, I actually don't watch most of the Netflix uh, original series either. Do you watch any of those? Yeah, I'm a pretty avid House of Cards watcher. I've seen... Orange is a New Black. Um, I watched the new season of Arrested Development. Boo! But Orange, yeah, I know. But or, uh, House House of Cards was, is the big one for me. Okay. Well, apparently there's supposed to be some good stuff in Amazon Prime Video. So uh, Amazon is now uh, in a, in a challenge partially to Netflix and and Hulu and some of the other standalone video on demand. Or um, it's not. It's over the top is not the phrase for this. But what, what do you call? What, what do you consider Netflix? They're not just video on demand because it's not just everybody else's content. I mean, they're. I know they're just Netflix. I know, I know that's just, not very yeah. descriptive. I, I mean, they're 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 basically a. Yeah, I don't know. They're. I mean, what do you mean? What do you call AMC? Like, what are they? A basic cable video provider that makes awful talk shows after the actual good content. Don't get me started on talking, Saul. Because oh, we 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 might come back to that. All right. Anyway, so nine dollars a month, you can now subscribe to Amazon Prime Instant Video. Don't know if that's what it's called. Uh, as a, as a standalone thing, if, let's say you don't want uh, Prime ship. How much is nine times twelve? That's, that's, <laughs> I used to be good at math, but it's one hundred eight dollars. Thank thank you, Launch Bar. Um, that is sort of. <laughs> That's as much as Prime. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way. Weird. So unless for some reason you are, you can't or are extremely opposed to paying for a year, that's that's like paying for the least useful part of Prime. Well, maybe. Um, well, may, maybe it's if you don't want to subscribe for the entire year. There's just something in particular you want to watch over the course of a month or two. Maybe that's who, who, what it's Who does for? that? I don't know. In the age of just letting things auto-build to your credit card forever, lynda.com. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things I can learn, but I, I refuse to cancel it because I'm an idiot. Uh, why would you... I don't know. Just It's... it's how, much is, um, how much is Netflix now? Because I know they grandfathered uh, the old subscribers in, but like how much, like if you're just an off the street or like you're just brand new to Netflix, how much does it cost now Well, there's for diff- just streaming? There's different plans even within streaming, but I, I think it starts at like $9.99 or $10.99 now. I think it was, it was $8.99, right? And then they raised it a dollar or two. That sounds familiar, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I don't look. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that, so, so uh, Amazon Prime Video, I've honestly never really looked very closely. I think I've only ever watched uh, two things on it, uh, which was Kipper and then that show Catastrophe. So I, I, I don't know. Well, so the, I found an interesting page. So I was trying to find up find how much Amazon Prime is now, and so I just Google searched, you know, Amazon Prime subscription, and then I I clicked the first Amazon link that came up, and it brought me to an Amazon Prime page. But since I'm logged into Amazon on this computer, it just it's it's kind of like my personal Amazon Prime page. Well, hold on, you use Chrome, right? Yeah. You gotta. You really gotta familiarize yourself with with shift uh, with shift command n. No, no, no. I know, I know. But but I, this page is interesting, so I'm kind of glad I found it. And so what it does, is it lists out what they call the five prime benefits, which are free two day shipping, Prime Video, Prime Music, Prime Photos, and Kindle Owners Lending Library. What the hell is Prime Photos? <laughs> I have no idea. But it it tells you which of these services you're you're using. And so for me, it says, you are currently using two of five prime benefits. Hold on, link me. Well, I don't, I don't know if it'll, I don't know if it'll work if I, we can try it. But of course my, you know, of course I'm using the free two-day shipping and then apparently I've also at one point used prime video. Oh, I know when I, I, I know when I did that. They, during the month of October, which was the anniversary of uh back to the future or it, it was i don't know i guess it was the anniversary and it was like future day because it was like the day they went into the future in the second movie uh they they had those movies for free uh, to stream i think that's what i used it for hmm yeah i don't i don't see this can you screenshot it I, like I, I see where it says your benefits and then it shows all this stuff but none of it says what i'm actually using yeah i can that that keyboard shortcut I'm very familiar with. What's Prime Early Access? I can get twenty percent off diaper subscriptions. I thought Amazon <laughs> knew everything about me. What what is this? I have I have no idea. But I did just, I did just send you that photo. I'm getting none of this. Maybe it just knows that because I have an Alexa, it thinks I'm ah shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta cut all this out. Yeah, I know. We'll we'll cut we'll cut most of cut this. Out, cut out the swears. Uh huh. Um. Maybe because it that links into Prime Music, but yeah, I don't know what Prime Early Access is. A Prime Photos, what is that? Kindle Books, I don't actively have a Kindle. I don't have a child. Hmm. Oh, yeah, apparently it's only $99 a year, oh, currently. Okay. Or you can pay for it on a monthly basis. Interesting. Hmm. Oh, luckily I don't, I'm not getting charged until next December, so I, okay. <laughs> Uh, all right Ch hmm there's a button that says change to prime video membership again why would you do that because it's more exp mm. yeah I, I i can't i can't tell you all right no so unfortunately no insight was given during this topic i apologize uh to slightly pivot this do you uh are you a subscriber to hulu no have you ever been tempted no like it seems interesting because, like, Comcast Video On Demand, I hate that I, I know why they do it, but, like, if the show's ever good, like, they usually only give you, like, the first five episodes that you can watch and everything else you have to fend for yourself, which means <clears throat> piracy. Uh, Hulu apparently has almost everything that you'd want to watch, but they have this, they do different pricing tiers, which is interesting and also lame. 
like you can pay like uh, eight or ten dollars a month and get access to like a big back catalog of stuff, but it still has ads. Or they make you like pay an extra four dollars to have that same stuff without ads. That seems a, a little weird. Yeah, I've I've never really I've never really looked at it. Yeah, is Hulu actually what it used to be? Like you remember back in like two thousand eight when Hulu was supposed to be like the the savior of television. I mean, I I think so. I mean, I think that it's it's owned by the same you know core groups. I, I and, and yeah, in general, I think it's the same same kind of thing. Well, but the thing is, like, when anytime I I see it, or if like if you go to the just Hulu dot com, like you don't see what's available to watch. Really, you just see a gigantic ad for start subscribing, which makes me think the like you just can watch last night's TV is not really a thing anymore. I mean, honestly, I don't think I could tell you the last time I <laughs> looked at Hulu. True. Same. I, it honestly might have been college. Yeah, that's where I caught up on The Daily Show because uh, Cox uh, High Definition in <laughs> Residence Halls was not uh, up to snuff. Oh, man. God, I, I remember Anyway. That. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was an experience. It was. You got Channel 7. Yeah, that was channel that was seven true. and high def. That was it. Yep, that was it. Well, then even the even the HD channel lineup in you know outside the residence halls wasn't very good until like I think like our junior year, right? Then they they did that big expansion. Well, that's because high def wasn't really a thing. It, they I feel like they were a little behind the curve on that though. Well, sure, because it's it's they're a regional cable company. Yeah, yeah. Channel three, it's cartoon time. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you are welcome to re- reorder these, but it, next up we have, uh, I brought this up earlier in the week, I don't remember why, uh, but Amazon, your Amazon order history being a, a weird, frightening time capsule of your life. Well, so yeah, we may as well, we may as well stay here to kind of round out the Amazon stuff. So I mean, how do you, how do you want to do this? Do we want to pick a, pick a time and... Well, first, I, I, for me, one of the things I thought was interesting is what year I had placed the most orders. Uh, how, how can you tell? You just click around the years. Like, so mine goes from uh, uh, up to 2003, because apparently I had an Amazon account when I was like 15. So my, mine only goes back to 2006. Oh, man. So 2009 was my biggest year with 75 orders. So 2006... Mario Kart for Nintendo DS. Okay, you can't just read read all of them. <laughs> no, um, I bought a I bought a shirt. <laughs> I have a few of those too. Oh man! Wow. Yeah, June. This is June what I'm of, telling you. June of 2006. So I've like, yeah, wow. Huh. Here's the thing: Can you identify the events in your life that caused you to buy these things? That's the part that freaks me out. Huh. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good thing to think about too. Zero orders placed in two thousand nine. I went I went I went an entire year without buying anything on Amazon. That doesn't seem right. That's weird. That that is weird. To only two orders placed in two thousand eight. I mean, again, I mean, these are you know these are college years. So forty five orders placed in two thousand eight. <laughs> But the thing is, it trends down because, like, I, I don't shop on Amazon that much anymore oh, because mine, of the tax now. Mine, gosh, I mean, oh, so so it says right at the top how many orders you've placed, by the way. Exactly. So okay, so 2010, five orders. 
2011, 16 orders. Uh, 2012, 10 orders. Um, uh, the pages become unresponsive. There we go. 2013, 59 orders. Four. Uh, what are some highlights here? 32 gigabyte USB flash drive. Oh, the TiVo Romeo. Uh, iPhone battery case. Oh God, the the PlayStation Four. This is all the console stuff. 2013, 2014, 36 orders, and 2015, 54 orders. I, to be honest, actually, I was expecting those numbers to be a lot higher because I do I do use Amazon a lot, particularly now that they've got the same day delivery in San Francisco. For me, for me, that's pretty cool. Anything shocking in these pages or not really? I guess I'd, I'd probably have to go back. I mean, the, the, the fact that I went two years without buying anything on Amazon, that's, that's weird. You were taking a stand against Bezos's uh, lack of motive for profits? No, I think, I, I, I think it was because I was literally living paycheck to paycheck in college, and it just wasn't really, wasn't really an option to be doing a lot of the frivolous buying that I currently do on Amazon. <laughs> Uh, actually, no. You know what? Why did That's... I order two copies of Super Mario Galaxy? Did I even have a Wii? Oh, there's an order for a Wii. <laughs> two forty nine. Oh my hmm. my my AeroPress from 2013. That was that was a good purchase. Because actually, truth be told, um, I, I actually do usually buy like useful stuff on Amazon. So it's a lot of household stuff. Yeah. Well, I I, I don't think I ever meant to suggest that you don't. Or that you buy useful useless stuff. But. I just need I just need to justify that. Man, my my scan snap I've had since two thousand and eight. That thing's chugging along for eight years. All right, huh? That's that's pretty good. Oh my, I see my iPhone, my Belkin iPhone dock, which I've had. I've had that for going on three years now. That's pretty good. Yeah. The last standalone, well, actually, no, the last point-shoot camera I bought was in 2008. Well, that sounds about right. <laughs> I think that's the last time anybody bought one. <laughs> oh, my, my uh, Drobo 5N, July 2013. That's pretty good. Okay, we, this can't just be reading the internet. No, but it is, um, God, I ordered uh, the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One on the same day. That's so stupid. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but it's yep. so stupid. Ugh. All right. Anyway, you can just close that up. But I, I, I think I think it's a great exercise for a ton of people is just to look at your Amazon order history, think about where your life was, and y- your orders will say a lot about you. Yeah, it does, man. Oh, the wonderful day that I got that Breville oven, November second, twenty thirteen. My life was never the same. That's an awesome toaster oven. The, the lady friend and I were in Williams Sonoma over the weekend, and they had a, a Breville toaster um, kind of highlighted, mm-hmm. and she 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 thought it was very nice looking. Oh, I thought you could say that she she like <laughs> said, "Oh, it's Syracuse's toaster," or something else. Like, no, no, no. Um, and I thought like, cause for a while, she's kind of been like, "Oh, like that seems kind of silly to spend that much on a toaster oven." But I'm like, "Well, they're they're pretty nice." At this age, everybody has to think about what kind of quality toast they're consuming. Yeah, I agree. You want fast, evenly toasted bread. And other things. Like you, if you're... Uh, uh, let's, hold on, let's talk about this. Do you have a stance on cold pizza? 
Oh, I love cold pizza. I'm hanging up. You don't? I mean, the, the, the lady friend doesn't either. So I, you know, I... Wait, hold on. She doesn't? She does not, no. Okay. So she's a, she's a brilliant person. <laughs> so here's the thing with cold pizza. You're consuming all the calories, all the fat, all of the, the negative aspects of pizza, yet you're getting one-fifth of the taste. It, it, it is unconscionable that people eat cold pizza. And, and uh, no, no. Microwaving cold pizza is acceptable. Toasting it appropriately makes it almost many times better than what it was the previous day. Cold pizza is an abomination. I, I completely disagree. The fla- There's not a lack of flavor. It's a oh, completely yes, different flavor. It's a worse flavor. I, I, there's I, no, I there's no gooey cheese. It's 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 just. Ugh. I will say generally that hot pizza is better, but I still think cold pizza is really good. Do you think for the negative uh, nutrition uh, component or, or or aspects of cold pizza, you think it's equally worth it? I think it is absolutely not. Well, I, I think it is. You gotta get yourself Breville. <laughs> I do. Why well, I have that, a, I eat have that a to three seventy five. Throw the, it's not the same. No, I know. I did. My toaster oven's pretty crummy. <sighs> all right, we we gotta move off this topic. We but, do. Yeah, but you should you should tell people to do this all the time. It, it's, it'll it'll freak them out and they'll they'll change their whole life around. Hmm. New MacBook ones. Yeah, so they suffered the fate which no Apple product uh, should have to face, which is being updated via a simple press release. How did iPod socks get talked about? Or released to the world. I think those were in a in a stage show, if I remember correctly. <laughs> was that right before the iPod Hi-Fi? I think it was. I think it was the same event. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, no. So the the the, the MacBook, uh, as as Marco Arment has become famous for saying, the MacBook One. Yeah, it's, uh, it got updated in kind of quotes. Same same form factor, but. Uh, newer generation Intel processor, slightly faster. Uh, is it a slightly faster SSD now? Slightly faster RAM, both. Faster SSD. I think some of the chipsets got faster, so there's more bandwidth between the different components and the processor. The Core M is one generation faster, which I think is like twenty percent faster. Right. So meh. I mean, it it doesn't change the limited nature, and it like if the computer wasn't right for you before, it's not right for you now. Again, I'm not. I don't mean. I don't mean to suggest it is right or wrong for certain people, but it's not. It's it's just it's it's a marginal improvement, and I I wouldn't really expect Apple to redesign the entire computer for what is a somewhat revolutionary computer. Sort of. It's it's certainly not for me. I hate the keyboard. There's many things negative about it, but. Like it, I I don't think this is anybody should, like should be knocking them for it being a minor upgrade. Like they're they're beholden to Intel's uh, release cycle and all that kind of stuff. So it's just it's kind of whatever. I I'm I'm very interested to see what happens with uh kind of like the impending elimination of the MacBook Air line and a refresh to the MacBook Pro that probably makes it more like the macbook air in terms of size yeah i think the what's going to happen to the rest of the mac line is is far more interesting yeah although we we did we did fail to mention we we failed to mention this right the rose gold finish 
<laughs> it's kind of kind of the biggest i guess kind of the biggest thing actually mm-hmm yeah, I, I I do kind of like well, okay, two things. I, I do like the uh, fact that things come in different colors. Like if there was, uh, if they refresh the, again, now that I'm new conservative me, I still wouldn't buy it. But when because I'm very happy with my 13 inch MacBook Pro. But if if they were to redesign that with a like it's a little bit thinner or it's a little bit better and it comes in space gray, that would be uh, tough to say no to. I would still say no, but that that'd be tough. Mm-hmm. Also, do you see? Do people you know? Uh, again, we well, you all your friends don't have personal computers. You've you've mentioned, but people who have cases on their MacBook Pros. Uh, yeah, well, so not not case like that you slip it into, but they have like these plastic things they snap onto it. What is the deal with that? So at at my place of work, we a lot lot of people use Macs, and I, I see that frequently every day. And it's, I have, I have no explanation for it. It's, it's, it's partially upsetting. Like, I don't get like, cause all you're doing it, it, you're, you're making the, the ventilation or like, or like the, the, like heat dissipation way worse, which is probably bad for the computer. And it doesn't look good. It makes it thicker. Like, what is the logic? I, I honestly, I, I don't have an answer for that. (sighs) Yeah. Uh, Like stickers on the outside. By all means, go for it. But yeah, yeah. Enough with the cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does your uh, MacBook Pro have any stickers? Uh, it does not. Okay. I'm not opposed to stickers, though. Okay, I just haven't found the right one. I, I just I don't know. I I had one on my 15 inch MacBook Pro that I had in college, but with this new Retina MacBook Pro, I just I don't know. Hasn't been a priority. Gotcha. I saw somebody at work who had a really simple one. It was just the, you know, the old, you know, six colors Apple logo. That's what I have. Yeah, it's good. Oh, do you have that too? Yeah, it, it you just yeah, I got it off Etsy. Yeah. Yeah, you just it, it glows very nicely. Yeah. It looks it looks classy. Yeah, I I saw that and went, "Huh, that's a good look." Yeah. Well, if you have it, I can't get it. Yes, you can. I don't want to copy. You'd be copying the other guy. <laughs> True. <laughs> Nobody will ever know. Right. All right. A couple of quick things from Tesla. Um, First up, uh, I have been vindicated. You can, uh, I'll let you do the work of finding the episode number of when the Model X was announced. And I was like, I think these doors look silly. And also, how will they fare in a parking garage? I think somebody on, what was it called? Teslaforums.net or something? Tesla Motor Club. I think they answered that question for me. Yeah, that I I you sent me that, and I, I showed that picture to the lady friend who was who was with me when you sent that, and we both just cringed. I I don't want to like I've never I don't ever want to be happy in somebody else's misery, but it's it's heartbreaking. You can't you can't find any joy. I kind of can no, only because no no. Only, no because I was like this is the obvious horrible design flaw of this because it's like most um like parking garages are not designed for high cars and if you're adding a door that opens two feet above your suv that's gonna happen well but i think that they're supposed to have a sensor on them which there are which apparently failed yeah mm. but i i, I how, p- how pissed would you be 
If I bought a ninety thousand dollar no, these are SUV- these the the Model Xs that have shipped so far. My understanding is that they're still in the very very initial pre order batch, and those were for the kind of like signature edition, which is like one hundred and forty thousand dollars. Okay, I'm even less <laughs> less sympathetic. Oh, I see where you're going. Again, it's a ridiculous car. I, I think it's an awesome car. I, I had gone months and months without seeing one, and I've now seen five in the last three weeks, and I I kind of love it. I like it. This car's parked next to a, a, a Lexus RX that has sensible doors. And look, it's just fine. Uh, the, the the doors are cool. So lame. Sorry. Which who's the uh, What's the exotic car company? Is it Lamborghini, or who's the one who originally did the Falcon Wing doors? Do you know? I, I don't I don't know who is credited with first doing it. Okay. All right, but uh Teslamotorclub.com user Foxy with three X's. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yikes. Uh that's <laughs> uh. all right, and then we'll you uh, to wrap that up, you you put a link uh to uh something where it looks like because uh, the autopilot mode, or what's what's the branding for the self-driving stuff on Tesla's autopilot? Apparently, that's going to be an in-app purchase for your car. Well, no, so it, so it already is. So I, when I was looking at the Model Three stuff, I, you know, went over to like the Model S page where you can you can build build out a Model S, and you can do now the same with the Model X now. And it's super interesting because. Th- in this they they have like you know the configurator but then they also have this this like the store where you can buy various accessories i think like floor mats you know things like that and there's literally just a three thousand dollar thing you can purchase which is just like autopilot unlock oh so you're not even buying extra sensors you're literally only buying like a software license right so the way that autopilot works is the the car's it, it's Model S's, I think, after a certain date, and I think all Model X's, and they've said all Model 3's as well, come with the hardware, come with the sensors, but then you need to pay $3,000 to actually unlock the functionality. And it's literally just a, a software thing. And you can even do it over the air after purchase. So if you purchase a Model S or a Model X, and you don't initially make the the autopilot purchase, from what it looks like on the website, you can literally just purchase it online and then it, it'll, it'll send an over-the-air update to your car and it unlocks that functionality kind of kind of neat i think um but so what what they're doing now is they're offering a 30-day trial to people who haven't yet purchased the autopilot unlock and they can you know take it for a, take it for a test drive as, as you would say um for for 30 days and then after that, they can make the decision whether they want to buy it. That's kind of neat. Kind of not, but kind of neat. Yeah, but you know, I mean, that that type of functionality in a car, you're going to pay more for that. Like even like Audi now with some of their kind of autopilot-esque kind of stuff. I and mean, that, that's included in like their tech package. So, But I think the difference, and again, I'm not like taking some principled stance here, but I think the difference is that when it's like when you explicitly say, "Oh, this is just unlocking software," versus maybe it being lumped into a package on like a more traditional car, you assume that maybe you're paying for like some type of physical implementation that makes this possible. And I think that's where like it's 
Audi charging you $4,500 for the tech prestige package or whatever the hell they call it, you feel like you're get, not getting as ripped off. Well, you, you may feel that way, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, you know, it's basically hardware versus software. And I mean, kind of who, who cares whether it's a physical thing or a software thing? It still takes development and it still is worth something. Sure, but I, I think most people will still have a resistance to the idea that like just flipping a bit is a $3,000 charge. I mean, maybe, but then I think the other thing is that Autopilot is a constantly evolving piece of software from Tesla where it's constantly being improved. So I think that's also a lot of what you're paying for. Sure. Um, all right. I think that that's, so that's all the Tesla stuff this week, our kind of weekly, weekly Tesla check-in. Mm -hmm. um, all right. I'll let you fly solo on this one. Yeah, so that this is actually, I think, my my big story of the week, which is more details on the uh, upgraded PlayStation Four, and so we've got a code name now. This is code name Neo, um, and as like a little bit of a side note, I think one of the interesting things about this story is that it was actually broken by my favorite video game website, Giant Bomb. Uh, they're not not super into like the breaking news stuff. They're more of like, a review and. Um, kind of very like content driven site where they do a lot of what they call like quick looks where they'll play through, you know, 30, 45 minutes of a game so that people can get a sense of whether they think they'd like it or not. Things like that. They don't do they don't do a lot of news, but so they actually broke this story, which I, I thought was kind of cool. And so, yeah, so Codename Neo um, contain basically contains upgraded processor, video card and RAM, kind of the, the you know, the stuff that you would mostly expect. Um, I don't think going through each one of the specs is, is all that uh, interesting. I think the, the interesting part is the way that Sony is apparently going to implement this, because in addition to the specs, Giant Bomb was also able to learn sort of what the implementation is going to look like, which is starting in October, every PlayStation 4 game is going to be required to ship with two different modes, kind of what they're calling a base mode, which is the game running on a current PlayStation 4, and then Neo mode, which is for use on the new console. And games will be, again, required to support both modes. They'll be required to run at or um, above the same frame rate. So you can't have a situation where the game runs at a better frame rate on the base mode than it does in Neo mode. And essentially, Neo mode is going to be better graphics so it can be um you know higher visual fidelity better draw distance um you know it, just overall better aesthetics but again the kind of the, the punchline is going to be that games are going to support both so there's not going to be a split in the user base like there normally would be when you go a full you know full new generation of hardware but still, it's it's um, it is going to be really interesting to see in practice how developers respond to this. Like, is it a situation where they, you know, because there aren't really a lot of you know neo hardware out there, are they not going to put a lot of effort into that mode where the differences between the two modes are not going to be that substantial? And so, kind of, what's the point? Or will the neo hardware gain a lot of traction and then that 
ends up looking a lot better. And so now, you know, the base mode looks kind of crummy. And so people who have the existing hardware feel kind of abandoned. Like, I, I do think in, in concept, this is the right way to go. But in practice, it's going to be really inter- interesting to see if it, if it works out. Sure. Uh, the only parts that concern me, like, so you mentioned, like, a lot of the performance differences won't make um, a big difference in actual gameplay. But uh, the one of the most appealing parts of, of traditional game consoles is that it's a level playing field for everybody. And hardware differences don't potentially give any one player an advantage. And wouldn't playing something on, like, the high performance mode instead of the base mode potentially, like, if they do get, like, a... a a uh, system that like lets them see further onto the horizon or or whatever depending on the game doesn't that still potentially give them kind of a little bit of an advantage or or maybe bifurcate the gameplay a little bit maybe i i it's it's tough to say so yeah i mean i i think that's weird i i think that this overall is maybe because like people have always or, or there's been kind of that refrain from a lot of people that this is the last game console generation in the sense that like this would be the last big refresh in terms of uh, like in terms of like 360 versus Xbox One and PS3 and PS4. And this is a way of getting around that to hopefully spur new hardware sales, uh, console sales from like the super dedicated people and maybe drive up the uh, hardware cost back up because that usually drops from the initial $500 down to probably... 150 or $99 over the course of a console's lifespan. So I, I understand why they're doing it. But yeah, I mean, I, I never was under the impression that the PS4 was a slouch in terms of uh, graphics performance. Well, both of these new consoles, the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4, both, as we've talked about before, came in pretty underwhelming with their hardware performance compared to even a moderately spec'd out PC both consoles didn't perform particularly well. And I think that's, you know, that's the issue that the PlayStation Neo is, is going to try to address. Hmm. So we'll see. I, you know, I, again, I think the, the ideas are good, but in practice, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Is there any uh, rumors about whether or not Microsoft would follow suit or not really sure, or are they not in the position to even be dealing with this? They, they've, been, they've been super wishy-washy. They, they first came out and kind of alluded to potentially having new Xbox One uh, hardware, some type of you know, modular upgradable box, but then they backtracked on that and they came out with some statement basically saying that they, you know, wouldn't come out with new hardware unless it represented a significant leap over what was currently out there. So, so I don't know, but I I think there's little doubt that they're going to have to respond to Sony somehow, particularly given that they're already kind of a step behind this generation. So, so, I mean, yeah, I I think they're going to have to do something. Hmm. All right. I'm waiting on the Nintendo NX. (laughs) Um, all right, so well, so I, I would I would propose in the uh, interest of time that we that we skip to uh, this Apple Car stuff because I think that that and then the self driving car topic after that might drag on a little bit. Well, the self driving car topic I think is is not going to happen this week. Oh, because I need some time for that. That's why um, that's why I describe it as a preamble. Oh, I see. 
And also, you're gonna deprive the people of the corgi that looks like Mike the Cleaner. Oh, we we can we can. Uh, I mean, over a audio podcast, I don't really know how well he's gonna play, but well, you've got a, you've got a show notes. <laughs> well, actually, you you have show notes. No, I have I have show uh, synopses. It what well, all goes in the same place. Well, you then you got to put a link to. Oh, you you can you can put a link. <sighs> I gotta do everything. <laughs> I come in for an hour and a half a week, and then I and then I write two sentences, and this this is what you ask of me. Uh huh. But seriously, he totally looks like Mike the Cleaner. He does. My the lady friend did not see it at all. Oh, I I instantly saw it. He's he's got kind of the the bemused like uh, a slightly squinty eyes, the ears. Pretty good. Yeah. All right, we can we can talk about the Apple Car or whatever this Motor Trend thing. Like I I don't even I, I genuinely don't care about it at this point. Yeah, I mean, there are better things to get worked up about, but man, this this was bad. Uh, so this was, I don't, it's one day last week, it was it was Monday or Tuesday, and, and then the article came out a day later. They they put out a, a tweet, kind of not so discreetly, hinting that they might have some big Apple car reveal in an article that they would release the next day. And it it really wasn't pitched as, you know, hey, this is just going to be a speculative article, or hey, you know, this is these are just our ideas. Like it really was framed as if, hey, we've got like this big reveal, and you know, people were rightly skeptical, but we're still, I think, there was still a fair amount of interest. And then the article comes out the next day, and sure enough, it's it's just a bunch of speculation. It's just it's just a bunch of people kind of piecing together the rumors that have come out, piecing together some ideas about what the car might look like, just based on you know modern day car aesthetics. It it, I mean, it was a it was an okay article, but just the whole build up to it was just a complete mess. I th- I think they knew what they knew what they were doing. I don't think there was a big build up to it. I think there was one kind of lame, like teaser tweet about it, and I think it was it was a silly thing to have a bunch of people like do their best like photoshops of whatever the hell they think uh, Project Titan is going to be. But I mean, eh, whatever. It, I, it was lame, but whatever. Again, there are thing better things to get worked up about, but um. I don't know. I just it it speaks to a lot of just kind of what's wrong with journalism on the internet. Just this kind of clickbaity. Did you see the the watermelon rubber band thing? No. Are you aware of what this is? I I don't think so. Okay, then never mind. But I I think that is the lowest bar of journalism on the internet. BuzzFeed took watermelon and put five hundred rubber bands on it until it exploded. And a half million people watched it live on Facebook. <laughs> what is it? You're laughing. Well, but that's, that's, I don't know. <laughs> you almost said that's news. No, 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 no. I said, I just, that's, I don't know. That's just, it's funny. That is probably more valid news than this Apple Car bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> what is? I, no, I know. Uh, I just, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm, it, this, this, the sensational headline grabbing, the clickbaiting. It's like that, just all that stuff is really frustrating. And I think that that's really what this story, I think, speaks to. It's not just the that it's about the Apple Car. It's more just that it's a textbook example of 
sort of what's what's wrong with news on the internet. Yeah, but that's that's all the internet is. <sighs> yeah. Like I mean, luckily, luckily for us, like in in the like um, in the area which with we have the most interest, like tech meme is able to like aggregate and uh, filter out most of the nonsense, which which is great. I mean, that site's one of the greatest resources ever. But I mean, most reporting is that way. Like, have you ever watched cable news? Like the the Jeff Zucker era of CNN. So like I like I told you the the other day, the only time I watch cable news is once every six months when I'm in my dentist's office waiting room and they've got CNN on, and I'll see about fifteen minutes of it and just be shocked and horrified and disappointed at what I see, and then six months later I have the same experience. Mm-hmm. How how are you sure that it wasn't just like dental anesthetic and it's the same visit? Because I have, I have actually very good dental hygiene, and I, I haven't had um, any sort of anesthesia at the dentist's office in many years. That wasn't conducive to my joke. No, I know. Quick bit of real-time follow-up? Uh, sure. Uh, on the Tesla Model S, if you purchase the autopilot convenience features at the time of purchase, it's only $2,500. Oh, $500 savings. Which, or you know, a $500 penalty for being a cheapskate. You know, when you're, when you're talking about a $110,000 car. It starts at $60,000 yeah. for the lame one. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go big or go home. Mm-hmm. Go, go gullwing doors that just can't open them in a parking garage. <laughs> Do you know if, if you were to order a Model S today, like when you would get it? Like in a month? Jeez. No, like it, it's it's basically the same as any other car that you're custom ordering, except since it doesn't ship from Germany or or Asia, it's it doesn't like there's you cut off like three weeks of tra- travel time. I guess I've I've always the cars that I've purchased have just been off the lot. I'm not not quite as fancy as you, but no, nobody's fancy. <laughs> Tesla seems like a more mature company. I I, I kind of like it. I the initial Model S was was kind of a little a little. Um, Uneven. It's probably the wrong word, but you, do you know what I mean? Mm, no, not really. Or rough around the edges. Like I, I think the Model S showed a lot of like lack of restraint, and that's why you had that ridiculous like Dell seventeen-inch monitor jammed in the middle of the dashboard. I think if they have them, if they had to make the Model S again, or whenever they do a full true redesign of it, they're going to scale that way, way back. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think I, Tesla's growing up, and I think the Model Three is is a very promising, and looks really neat. And I do like the the touch uh, the touch up uh, that they've given the Model S that makes it look nicer. Yeah, it, it looks really nice. Yeah, it's still got the frunk, looks nice. Mm-hmm. All right, and then uh, we'll we'll save this for next week um, or or sometime soon. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about self driving cars in a, in a grander scale sometime soon. And maybe we'll mix a little of uh, Apple Car stuff into it. Yeah, yeah. I think we we had a good offline conversation about this the other day that I I think could could formulate into something interesting for the show. I think it was still online, just not on this show. Oh, you you know what I mean. Come on, <laughs> it's no fun if I don't antagonize you. All right, picks of the week. Yeah, you you first. <laughs> okay, mine's not gonna be very good, or m- mine is very good, but it's 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 nothing remarkable. 
Uh, my pick of the week is Trader Joe's Dark Chocolate Covered Pretzel Slims. <laughs> Do you know what these are? Uh, I, I don't, but I appreciate the, the Trader Joe's pick. I have so many Trader Joe's picks. If if we ever want to do a, a twenty minute just talking about Trader Joe's, I, we I can. told you, man, I IKEA focused podcast and a Trader Joe's uh, focused podcast. They, they could go places. Again, we have a, a what's uh, where's where's Slack. We we have a channel for podcast planning. You can throw these in there. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, Trader Joe's uh, <laughs> dark chocolate covered pretzel slims. You know what pretzel slims are, correct? I, I don't know if I do. Like they make the just kind of like it's it's just a, a pretzel that's just like it's baked and it's uh, just it's flat. Okay, well it's true to true to the name. Okay, and they have there's a, a dunked in dark chocolate. They're uh, not healthy for you, but they're uh, a less terrible thing to snack on, and they are absolutely delicious. And you generally only maybe want like four or five at a time, so they're uh, they're the best. God, I, I really, really, and this is such a San Francisco thing to say, but I really wish Trader Joe's was part of like Google Shopping Express or something. You have an automobile. Just go to the, there, there's a, there's a Marina Trader, or there's a uh, North Beach Trader Joe's. Just go. Yeah, but the, the parking there is. Uh, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's by my gym. It's not that bad. Yeah. Anyway, so they're, they're uh, let me see if I can find a picture of them. I'm actually, I'm on like the Trader Joe's website. I'm curious, like what I've never... Does Trader Joe's even have a website? Yeah, they do. I was kind of surprised at what what it is here. It's... Oh, the Fearless Flyer. <laughs> uh, so it's in the podcast ideas folder um, or channel. But yeah, they they look just like that. They're delicious. They're the best. So, and I've, I've already talked about lentil crisps too, right? You, ha- you have told me about those, yeah. Okay. Those are, those are a, a, a second runner up. Hmm. Which I think makes makes them third choice. Yeah. All right. What do you got? Um. So maybe not a not a super um super exciting choice, but um. So I, I finally got caught up on the most recent uh, season of House of Cards. Now that that's not my pick, but what is is the the Netflix app on the new Apple TV. It, it's it's really darn good, and with the Siri voice integration, super easy to navigate. The interface with going from one episode to the next, uh, as you're watching a season of TV, is really good. It's you get you know to the next episode in one click, which yeah, I'm sure there are other Netflix implementations out there that are similar, but this this is the first one that I've used that's been like that. It's just it's a really nice really nice interface, very nice looking. Um, it's kind of just a kind of a great way to great way to watch Netflix. I there's a billion different ways to do that, but um, this one's you know it's really nice. So, what do you think? Can you, as somebody who has a lowly um third generation Apple TV, uh, whatever the first one that was the the slim down puck, uh, what, what's different about it versus the old Netflix app. Cuz I mean the the old one would tell you like next episode starting in 30 seconds or whatever like and it would do the continuous play and so what what's what's the big difference? I guess it's it, a lot of it's aesthetic. I mean it, it it looks a lot nicer than the Apple TV that you have which is just, you know, sort of just, you know, black background with white text. This is much more visual. Um, and then with the Siri integration, that that's a big thing is being able to say, you know, go to 
a particular show or movie. And then with shows, you can actually pick a particular season or episode. So you know, that, that's, that's pretty great, being able to go from the home screen and then with your voice be able to go directly to a season of TV. That's, that's pretty neat. Hmm. And have you experimented with it? How well does the universal search work in terms of searching across um, different media sources? It's, it's pretty good. And it, it does prioritize the free options, which I appreciate. Like it'll list those first. If it's, you know, if something's available on Netflix, it'll show you that. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it's, I haven't used it a ton, but the little that I have, it's, it's been, been pretty solid and pretty accurate. Does the, like the, the most appealing thing to me about the new Apple TV is the, uh, skip ahead, whatever, whatever command. Does that work in Netflix? Do you know? I haven't tried in Netflix and it actually, there was a scene in house of cards where I, I could, didn't catch what they said. And I, I could have tried using that. You know, what they just say feature in Siri, but I, I totally forgot. Okay. Homework. Yeah, no, I, I should I should go back and test that. All right. Talking Saul? Yeah. Um so you 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 watched the finale. Uh as of an hour ago. Okay. Or two hours ago now because the show's going long. Yeah. So we should say, you know, spoilers as usual. Um but man. None to be found. That that ending. What'd you, what'd you think? I'm trying to remember. What? Okay, because, no, there were two parts where I thought it could be the ending. So there was a part where um, Mike was in in his, uh, he had his, like, long-range shot, or I, I don't know what, you, what you'd call like the a, Like a sniper rifle. That That's the word. Uh, down where the uh, Salamanca crime syndicate was uh taking the driver whom uh mike had ripped off in the previous episode and he so the the implication was that he was intending to knock off hector salamanca right if he got the accurate shot right yeah which which did not come to pass so honestly i i expected it to fade to black then just because whenever a show is really good you kind of don't really have a grasp of when it's over or like kind of how far you are into the episode, particularly because this week TiVo did not have the skip function, which I think for me was the biggest uh, disappointment at all. Yeah, I, I watched it. I started watching it only when it was maybe 20, 25 minutes in. So. Oh, so you had no expectation that it would be there. Right. Yeah, we watched it the next day and we, we were very disappointed. It is, it is incredibly disappointing when a show doesn't have skip, by the way. Being so uh, so incredulous and 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 uh, indignant about a feature that didn't exist four months ago, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. First world problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, so there was that part where I thought, oh, it, oh man, I, I was it's going to fade to black and say Vince Gilligan, but it didn't. And then you had the whole setup uh, that Chuck did on Jimmy about uh, getting him to own up to the fact that he. Uh, bribed the copy store clerk and uh, basically uh, uh, forged evidence in order to get Mesa Verde, the Mesa Verde case away from HHM. So what, what, what do you think he's going to do with this? Well, so I think, so I can't remember, do you remember if uh, Jimmy is actually, or Saul Goodman, I guess, in, in Breaking Bad, is he a actual licensed attorney? Yes, from the, well, actually, I don't know. 
because I know he has like a correspondence degree from the University of American Samoa or something. Isn't that the his whole thing? Yeah, but his his. But I don't know. Yeah, if he well, I if he worked at um that one law firm with Ed Begley Jr., I assume he has a a license to practice law. Like, because that was a legit job. They wouldn't just hire anybody. Well, but I just like yeah, but like in where when we see him in Breaking Bad, I'm wondering if he's still like a licensed lawyer. You mean like has he? Do you think he's been disbarred in the years since? Like, are you questioning whether he ever was, or if he still maintained that in like? Yeah, what do you think? Is, what's happening? I, I'm I'm questioning whether he maintained it in between Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. And I'm I'm wondering. I if, assume he did. Well, I'm wondering if maybe this story is how he gets disbarred, and that maybe when we see him in. Breaking Bad, he's, you know, no longer actually legally a lawyer. I don't think so. I, I think he... No, I, I think this is maybe what uh, Chuck uses to force him out of any semblance of legal um, or, or uh, upstanding legal professional career. But I, I, I don't think he, like, becomes disbarred or any of that kind of stuff. Well, so where do you, where do you think this goes then? I assume it ends up being like uh, the first ep- uh, first three episodes of season three, and then eventually Chuck fades away as a character, and then it just ends up being. Um... And unfortunately, I think Kim probably goes away too. If like because once uh, uh, Jimmy goes full shady, sketchy lawyer, Kim has to go away, right? Yeah. Like, where does she fit in? Hmm. Yeah. That's that's the sad part for me. Because here's the thing, like honestly, I, I was I was thinking that oh they were just gonna kill off um, Chuck because he was just, it was just an easy he he was there to move the plot along for the first like season to season and a half, and that's no longer really necessary. So I thought they were just gonna let him be done with because he had done his useful usefulness, and that's just how it was gonna go. But apparently not. Hmm. Yeah. But I assume he does have to go away soon anyway. But I, I am curious and also somewhat um, uh, nervous about how it goes. Like when Jimmy goes, like when he has no semblance of being an ethical or um, somebody balancing being an ethical person, I think that might end up being a less interesting show. Because again, we that was the fear when the show first came on, which is that if it's all just like an episodic thing where he's just representing like scummy or sketchy people. Uh, that's not that interesting to watch. Yeah. But I, I think they'll, I think, I think they're going to have some restraint as to immediately jumping to that. Like, I, I don't think, I, I don't, I don't think we're going to see the um, Saul Goodman really come out. It might even be another full season really before we see that. Well, so then how long do you think we have? Like, what what do you, so if you had to predict, what do you think season three is about? I, th- I think this thing with, with Chuck's going to be a main storyline. I think he's going to try to get Jimmy disbarred, and I think he's going to fight it somehow. But how? I, I, I don't know. I, if, I, if I knew, I'd go, go write good TV. I mean, because that's the thing where that could either be a one episode, like I... I can see that being like a one episode thing. It, I think it's it's much more difficult to make that in, enthralling for ten episodes. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Hope Kim doesn't go away. Yeah, I know. It's a lot of She's these delightful. Yeah, a lot of these side characters who you know, you know, 
or at some point going to have to go away because they're they're not in Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, do you think this show, like presu- uh, presuming or under the assumption that uh, ratings are good, do you think it ends exactly where Breaking Bad leaves off, or do you think there's still like a a, a couple years gap? No, I think I think it I think it'll end right where Breaking Bad picks up. I think well, I think we'll see Walter White in an episode. I would disagree. Hmm. If if we, are you a betting man? I, I'm I'm not. Hmm. I I really don't think that'll happen. So yeah, but interesting. It's too it's too on the nose. And also aging wise, well, I, mean, I know it's not a big deal to make somebody look younger. Like especially, also I do like where the the flashbacks, uh, where they're able to make uh, Jimmy look younger. Well, well, well done, because it's it's not super like it's it's still like you know it's it's definitely not him, or it's not old him, but it, it's still done well. It's it's very subtle. Yeah, and lastly, I, I do appreciate where. Um, Better Call Saul is always very good at having a little bit of uh, laughter in each episode to break things up. Like, remember the lady who said that she uh, she will take coffee but no cream? <laughs> yeah. See, it just it broke up a, a tense moment. is is pretty great. Now, Breaking Bad was pretty good at that too. Yeah, I mean, like the old pizza on the roof and the Hey Carol thing. Like, the, yeah, the, there are some. Right. Yeah. Well, and and even you know, just sort of like um, Saul Goodman as a character is kind of a comedy foil sure but i think in this episode or in this series he can't be like he can't be the main source of comedy right 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 yeah well we gotta wait another nine to twelve months yep yeah i do enjoy that they're not uh, amc is cutting back or at least with this series they're not doing it where they're doing their whole nonsense of like six episodes and six episodes yeah, I know their uh, HBO just came out and alluded to that's what they're going to do with the final two episodes of Game of Thrones. And ugh. yeah, yeah. Oh well. All right, sir. All right.